Hey everybody, Father John Ricardo from Acts 29, and I just want to make a, a quick introduction to these homilies that uh, we're airing right now. These were originally proclaimed a year ago, uh, Holy Week 2019, and though they're a year old, they seem even more relevant right now given the situation that we find ourselves in, not just in the country, but in fact in the world as we continue to deal with this pandemic the theme a year ago was reflecting on the extraordinary things that God has done for us in the person of his son and how those things, those real moments in history, namely Jesus's death and his resurrection, and then his sending us out into the world to recreate the world or to be agents of recreation until he gloriously returns, only seem more significant now. Given obviously the number of people who are sick and who are struggling because of the virus, those who are anxious about loved ones who are sick, the many men and women who are putting themselves on the front lines each and every day, whether it's in healthcare or in other ways of being first responders, those who go to work so that we can have the things that we need to live our daily lives, and the rest of us who are just simply wondering, where is God in all of this? All of those things are addressed in these three, sh uh, I was going to say short, but they're not short homilies. So again, even though they're recorded from a year ago, we pray that the Word of God, uh, which is the substance and the foundation of everything that's being reflected upon, will find room in our hearts to calm our fears and anxieties and to fill us with unshakable confidence in Jesus, who is not just kind or good or merciful, but who is risen and who is Lord and who holds our lives in his hands. God bless you all. Here's the mouthful title for tonight. The deceiver is deceived. His dominion is destroyed. And you and I are sent out as witnesses. Tonight, as I mentioned on Thursday, this is the culmination of what I've kind of tried to see myself anyway as something like a, a parish mission for those of us who are members of Our Lady of Good Counsel. It's the culmination of this extraordinary three-day day. It's an odd thing in the church. We call this the sacred triduum. It's one day that's extended into three celebrations. And so on Holy Thursday night, we gathered together late in the evening to celebrate the institution of the great gift that is the Eucharist, and then we kept vigil with the Lord that night until midnight. Yesterday, we came together to celebrate the Lord's passion, and today we bring it all to a thunderous close. But how in the world do you adequately put into words what we're celebrating tonight? How do you express what is truly inexpressible? Father Dave and Father Prentice and I often talk about the simple fact that this night, perhaps more than any other night, tomorrow, Christmas, these are the most challenging days in the whole church to preach. You may not grasp that, but that's truly the way we look at it. The creator of the universe out of love for us, has become man so as to rescue us from the powers of sin and of death and of hell. 
He's gone to the cross. We saw yesterday, not as some helpless victim, but actually as the aggressor in disguise so as to fight the enemy. And he has gloriously risen from the dead and triumphed. There are no words. If this was Tiger Woods' reaction last week to winning the Masters, after he, quote-unquote, came back from the dead, can you imagine Jesus' reaction as he strode into hell, bound Satan, liberated all those who had been held captive there since the foundation of the world, and then triumphantly walked back out of a grave. (laughs) For real. Tonight's about four things. It's about power. It's about freedom. It's about being sent. And it's about joy. And while these things are directed to the whole parish, to be sure... I want to speak in a particular way to those who are coming into the church tonight, and most especially to those of you who are about to be baptized. Just so everybody knows, about 34 brothers and sisters have been gathering together for the better part of eight or nine months since late summer, early fall, gathering once a week to study, to learn, to pray, to talk, to pray some more. And along the way, we've learned the gospel. We've learned why there's something rather than nothing. We've learned why everything's so clearly messed up, even though the good God created it all out of nothing. We've learned what it is that he did to put it back together. And then we've spent the better part of all this time, don't worry about that, trying to figure out how it is that we should respond to such extraordinary love and power, the power and the love of Jesus crucified and risen. I just want to say to the 34 of you and all the others who have accompanied us on every Thursday night, it has been a tremendous honor and joy to walk with you all these months. It's uh, great to look out at all of you and to know this is the last group I get to come into the church with or to celebrate your coming into the church. I will hold you especially close all the days of my life. Here's the irony, though. You guys, even though you're going to become Catholic tonight, you already know most or more than most Catholics who've been Catholics their whole lives. That's because you've actually made an effort to learn. And to study. So, as St. Augustine said 1600 years ago to those who are about to be baptized, so I will say to you, brothers and sisters, beware of bad Catholics <laughs> and help us to learn the faith. As I said, tonight is first of all about power. God is not just good, though He is, blessed be He. And He's not just merciful, although He is. Blessed be he. And he's not just kind, though he is. Blessed be he. God is absolutely and utterly uncomfortable.
unconquerable. I mentioned yesterday that many, especially many men, mistakenly see Christianity in general and Jesus in particular as weak. Ha! Listen to what I think is the greatest sermon ever given. A sermon which, in our language anyway, we would say, Eddie would certainly say this, it sounds like Jesus is trash-talking. These words were given 1,850 years ago in Turkey on Holy Saturday night by a bishop named Melito. Listen to what he said. When the Lord had clothed himself with humanity and had suffered for the sake of the sufferer and been bound for the sake of the imprisoned and had been judged for the sake of the condemned and buried for the sake of the one who was buried, he rose up from the dead and cried aloud with this voice, Who is he who contends with me? Let him stand in opposition to me. I set the condemned man free. I gave the dead man life. I raised up the one who had been entombed. Who is my opponent? I, he says, am the Christ. I am the one who destroyed death and triumphed over the enemy and trampled Hades underfoot and bound the strong man and carried off man to the heights of heaven. I, he says, am the Christ. Therefore, come, all families of men, you who have been befouled with sins and receive forgiveness for your sins. I am your forgiveness. I am the Passover of your salvation. I am the lamb which was sacrificed for you. I am your ransom. I am your light. I am your savior. I am the resurrection. I am your king. I am leading you up to the heights of heaven. I will show you the eternal father and I will raise you up by my right hand. This is the one who made the heavens and the earth and who in the beginning created man, who was proclaimed through the law and prophets, who became human via the virgin, who was hanged upon a tree, who was buried in the earth, who was resurrected from the dead, and who ascended to the heights of heaven, who sits at the right hand of the Father, who has authority to judge and to save everything, through whom the Father created everything from the beginning of the world to the end of the age. This is the Alpha and the Omega. This is the beginning and the end an indescribable beginning and an incomprehensible end. This is the Christ. This is the King. This is Jesus. This is the General. This is the Lord. This is the one who rose up from the dead. This is the one who sits at the right hand of the Father, to whom be the glory and the power forever. Amen. How'd you like to be the guy that follows that guy at the party? <laughs> Tonight's also about freedom. And it's especially about the freedom given to those of you who are about to be baptized. 
the absolutely essential reading tonight. We can skip a lot of the ones that we read. We never do, but you can. But there's one that always has to be read. And the one that always has to be read is the one from Exodus 14, which most powerfully foreshadows what's about to happen to those of you who are going to be baptized. This reading tells us of that event whereby the Israelites, though it seemed that everything was lost with no way out, were miraculously saved through the waters of the Red Sea. And then those same waters drowned the Egyptian army, the army that had held them in slavery for hundreds of years, in a single instant on a real day in history. The Israelites went from being slaves to free, from having no hope to having hope, from being walking dead to wide awake and alive. St. Paul draws heavily on the deliverance of Israel through the waters of the Red Sea to explain what it is that happens to a Christian and what's about to happen to you who are going to be baptized. God, he writes, has delivered us, that is to say, rescued us or saved us from the dominion, that is to say, the power, the control, the jurisdiction, the authority of darkness, and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. This deliverance, this rescue, this transfer, this is what's about to happen to you. It's what baptism does. Baptism moves you from one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, into another kingdom, the kingdom of God and his beloved son. You are about to be freed. It's as though your passport, when you were born, was stamped. You are under the control, the authority, and the jurisdiction of the enemy, the evil one, who is hell-bent, quite literally, on destroying you. But when you walk out of the waters of this font, you get new papers. God says, you are now a member of my kingdom, and he has no more power over you. All of this because of what Jesus, out of his great love and his glorious death and resurrection, has done for you to set you free from a tyrant far, far, far worse than Pharaoh. Because of what's going to happen to you tonight, you can call God Father, and every single one of your sins, which have weighed you down your whole life, which you walked into this church tonight carrying, are going to drown in the waters of that font just as surely as Pharaoh's soldiers drowned in the waters of the Red Sea. Now, I wish I could tell you that after tonight, everything's going to be wonderfully and magically easy. I wish I could tell you that he's not going to harass you anymore and life is just going to be a straight line to the finish line until either Jesus comes back in all his glory or you die, whichever one comes first, but that's not quite the case, I wish. 
the struggle will continue. And it will be fierce at times. And you will fall. But don't be alarmed by that. When you fall, not if. Know that you can run to him just as speedily as you run into him tonight. And he'll take you back and pour out to you the grace and the mercy that he loves to give, most especially in the sacrament that he left us that we call confession. But know this too. God is not just going to free you tonight. He's going to share with you his power. His own power. He's going to give to you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit is going to begin to inhabit you because of the waters of baptism, reinforced through the sacrament of confirmation. And that power alive in you gives you authority over your life. It's as if you get control finally over yourself. Now, when all those habits and the memories that every single one of us have, and baptism will not wash those away, when they come back, rather than just get run over by them, you can combat them, fight them. You can take authority over them. You can say things like this, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over spirit of anger, bitterness, envy, lust, greed, whatever it might be. You have no power over me anymore. I do not belong to your kingdom. I am an adopted child of God, and he is my father. And in his all-powerful name, the name of the one who crushed you, Go to the foot of the cross where you belong. You couldn't do that before tonight. But you can do it tonight. Third, tonight's about being sent. Sent out. Especially those of us who are about to be baptized and confirmed. It has been said, and this is so, so true. That those who have been rescued, rescue others. That is to say, those who have moved from slavery to freedom, from blindness to sight, from existence to life, they tell others about how it happened and who did it. How can you not? And they long to see others rescued just as they have been, as we have been. You and I are living in a world that is absolutely riddled with despair and it is growing by the hour. There's a simple reason for that. It's forgotten God. And quite frankly, without God, there is no hope. He is the only one who can rescue us from futility, from despair, from sin, from death, and from hell. So tell others about him. Tell him what he's done for you. Tell him the difference that he's made in your life. Tell them about the God who is love, who rescues and fights for his children, and who sets free. Finally, tonight is about uncontainable joy 
and worship. All week long, I've been struck by the response of the Israelites after they went through the Red Sea and after those who had enslaved them for hundreds of years washed up dead on the shore and they realized, lo and behold, we're not slaves anymore. How did they respond? They danced and they sang and they worshiped the God who did this. God's power is about to be wielded for you who are about to be baptized and confirmed. And our response, not just tonight, but all the days of our lives, is to be unrestrained, uncontrollable joy and praise of the one who did it. Because once we were slaves, and we are slaves no more, once we were no people, but now we are God's people, once we had no hope, but now we have hope, once we were dead, and we have come to life. Yes, death's still going to catch us at the end of our days, don't mistake me, but because of Jesus, It can't hold us. It has no power over me or over you or anyone who belongs to the Lord. As one person put it, God can and will raise us from death as though death were, get this, shredded Kleenex. So sing, people of God. And rejoice tonight and in these Easter days like never before. And worship the God who has done this. And the Lamb who has conquered.